All right. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to Kingdom Encounter here, our weekly online service for Generation One Church here in Troy, Michigan. So my name is Drew. I'm the founder of Generation One and happy to spend some time with you here tonight. Of course, this is the fourth week of the month, which we are talking about all things prophetic culture. And we're going to have one of our prophetic trainers, Liz Upshur, joining me here in just a little bit. And we are just so excited to see how many people are just hungry to hear God's voice. And so one of the things I've just really believe is available in the prophetic is this idea of the dignity of relationship. You know, when I speak to my children and they hear my voice, it's not a supernatural phenomenon. It's a dignity of relationship. It dignifies the fact that we're connected. It, dig it dignifies the fact that our relationship has meaning. And that really is what the prophetic is all about as well. And so tonight we're going to spend some time demystifying the prophetic and making it available uh, for you and your church and no matter where you're at. And uh, around the world, the prophetic is wide open for you and your ministry and your business in your seat of government, no matter where you're at, God's voice is speaking and uh, and is available for us to be led by the Spirit of God. So, hey, do me a favor, share this broadcast out right now. We're going to be together here for the next 90 minutes. So it's, uh, it's 8 p.m. Eastern time here on the East Coast. And so all over the world, welcome you guys. And it's been our joy to minister to so many different nations over this last year as we've been broadcasting every single week. And of course, uh, we have teams available tonight and they're available right now. And so tonight our emphasis is prophetic ministry. And so if you're looking for encouragement and you'd like to experience New Testament prophecy, meaning out of the foundational core values in 1 Corinthians 14, it says that we are to build up, stir up, and to cheer up one another. And Paul said that we should desire to speak uh, to prophesy more than the other gifts. And so there's really a priority on us. We have a priority through the biblical mandate to live in the hot molten lava center of biblical Christianity. And so that includes hearing God's voice and then using what we hear to edify, to exhort, and to encourage those that are around us. So tonight, if you need that, need some refreshing, we have teams available right now that would love to pray for you. They'd love to encourage you. They'd love to ask the Lord what he's thinking about you and to share those encouraging words with you. This is going to be in a personal and kind of a private scenario on Zoom with our teams. And so we've got Jenna in the comments here. And uh, if you would like to receive ministry, um, just put down in the comments that I want ministry. And uh, let us know that you would like to receive that. And Jenna will get there. She'll get you a link to one of our team members. It's going to quickly get you to a point where you can give us your name, give us your email so we can follow up with you and just make sure that the ministry was accurate. It was encouraging. We want to be accountable also for the level of ministry that we are releasing. So uh, if you would like ministry, once again, as it says here down at the bottom, just type in, I want ministry in the comments. And we would be just so honored and privileged uh, to be able to minister to you tonight. And so, hey, I want to spend a few moments with you just talking about what really is available um, in, uh, in this reality of building a prophetic culture. Now, you know, building a prophetic culture is, uh, is interesting, you know, because, well, we've all thought that it was just kind of connected to this idea of there has to be a prophet and they're kind of weird, they're kind of strange, 
They're kind of mystical, you know, they're kind of mysterious, if you will. And they're large and in charge usually. And, and they're heavy on exposing sin and, and uh, embarrassing people in big public meetings. And there's been all kinds of different experiences that prophets have given people in the church over the last 30 years as prophets are getting restored. So when we start talking about a prophetic culture, you know, there's a lot of you out there um, that can start to get just a little bit of an uneasy feeling. You're like, oh, Drew, I don't know about this. I don't know if this is really what I want to do. I don't know if this is really fathomable. I don't know if this is healthy. I don't know if this is, how can this not be messy when you start empowering people to believe they can all hear the voice of God? Well, I believe there's just a foundational right that we have as God's children to hear his voice. Could you imagine if you had the right to go tell a child they weren't allowed to hear their parents' voice? Um, think about this, how crazy this is. Um, and so just in the same way that as a child in your infancy, you learn to hear your parents' voice. There's times, of course, when you reject it and, and, and direction is needed in those moments. But you know your parents' voice uh, because you were raised the right way. And so we need spiritual parents. We need spiritual mothers and fathers who are willing to lay down their life and really raise up spiritual kids that they would know their father's voice. So we need development, we need training, we need discipleship like never before to create the environment for those who don't know how to hear God's voice to begin to be confident on hearing God's voice. This is so important right now. You know, this was highly controversial 10 years ago. It wasn't that long ago that literally you guys would have booed me off the Facebook right now. You'd have told me, Drew, you're crazy. Drew, who do you think you are believing that all can prophesy? Well, actually, Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 14. He desires that all would prophesy. Isn't it funny how we're so hyper-selective on the scriptures we preach and the ones that we don't? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I, I grew up in holiness Pentecostal churches, actually. I was born into a holiness Pentecostal church, and their highest priority was actually making sure people sp spoke in tongues. It was kind of this, the evidence of being filled in the spirit. And it was the kind of the highest value of Pentecost, right? We know the festival. Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And so, you know, as part of that, this movement was birthed off the idea that we need the evidence of speaking in tongues as part of the move of God. And so, which is true. I mean, we should want all nine of the gifts, shouldn't we? But I was born into a movement that hyper emphasized that gift over other gifts. And isn't it, you know, it's just crazy because in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that I desire that you all would speak in tongues, but more that you would prophesy. That's literally verbatim in your Bible right now, that he would desire that all of us, um, you know, speak in tongues, but even more that we would prophesy. Why was it so important for Paul to let us know that all should prophesy? Why is, why is that important? And I've seen, I've heard a lot of people say, well, Drew, you know, that just means you need to declare the word of God, you know? And, you know, and I, and I actually agree with that statement completely. It's just that the word is multidimensional. The word has three forms. There's the graphy, which is the written word or the scriptures. There is the logos, which is the communicated word. It means persuasive conversation. And, uh, and then there's the word, which is the rhema word, which is God's spirit speaking and, and or uttering in a moment. And so, yes, we need to prophesy or declare the word, and we need to do it in all three phases. We actually need a body, soul, and spirit connection to the word of God. This is maturity. This is depth. This is connected to who was, 
who is and who is to come. And we see the we see the uh, the lo, uh, the the graphic who was. We see the logos who is, and we see the rhema who is to come. And in that we see the body, the soul, and the spirit. And so it's important for us to realize that there's a multi-dimensional connection here with what is happening. And uh, as we begin to get renewed into who God is, representing Jesus here on the earth, we need to be like Jesus, being connected to our Father, being busy about our Father's business, only doing, living in surrender, right? Uh, living in surrender as the sons of God, but only doing what our Master in heaven is doing. And so this redefinition of relationship is so powerful because it opens up connection at levels we never, ever dreamed was possible. What does it look like to begin to open up? Not just the idea that people can prophesy. Tonight, we actually want to start to drop into this idea that it's not just about that people have the permission to prophesy, but we actually want an atmosphere that's impregnated with the reality, with a full reality of the word. You know, there, there's something significant about the word of God. The word of God is sharper than an any two-edged sword, Hebrews tells us. And it says there that it rightfully divides, right? There's, there's, a, there's two edges to the sword. It meets needs at a multidimensional level there, the, the bone and the marrow, the thoughts and the perceptions. And it goes down this whole list of these things that it brings about and makes available for us. And so when we begin to have a culture of the prophetic, this is really a value on the word of God in all three forms, being available, being open to us, and being able to be, uh, to be able to impact us in the way that God actually meant for it to be possible. And so, you know, there's something uh, so powerful about walking into prophetic culture. I'll never forget, you know, the one of the first real mature prophetic cultures I ever stepped into was the Mission Church in Vacaville, California. Melissa and I walked in in 2008 or nine, I believe, and and uh, we were there for a Graham Cook conference, and and uh, and man, we walked in, and the moment we walked in, you could sense your future getting better. I mean, there was like a hope that was in the atmosphere, and what we know hope is is the joyful expectation of things good in our future, right? And so we could sense the hope. We could sense, we just felt empowered. We sensed that something was possible in our future. And we had never met people that believed in us so much and didn't even really know us. And we walked into this place and there was such a freedom in the atmosphere. The moment we sat down, it didn't take but less than five minutes and someone was coming up to us and wanted to know our name, having this you know great, just dignifying experience of you know person to person, hungry believer to hungry believer. And then just begin to shift into encouragement and say, hey, you know what? When you guys walked in the door, this is what I saw. I saw the Lord's favor on your life. I saw God's pleasure over you. I saw and they begin to prophesy all these different things. And it was encouragement. It wasn't highly directive. These weren't destiny words in that moment specifically. But man, we, our spirit was just crying out for encouragement. It was starving to be edified, to be exhorted, and to be encouraged. The three core values in 1 Corinthians 14. And so what had been established there, we begin to find out, was that there was a permission in that community of people to begin to, to communicate God's goodness, God's value, God's worth on people to one another. 
without trying to get into a bunch of other things that were, um, you know, damaging or things that would, you know, bring distraction into our life or, you know, whatever else. And so there's a, there's a need for us to realize what it looks like, not just to believe that prophecy is possible, but to really believe that a prophetic culture is the direction we need to go, creating an atmosphere where everyone knows that they're empowered to hear their father's voice, that everyone knows that they're empowered to go after the thing that God has on their life. And also that we're empowered um, to really believe in the full hope and the depth of what's possible in that prophetic word. So, you know, as we experienced this, man, our, we were so encouraged. And so one of the foundational elements I'm going to get in here to tonight is just this idea of identity in Christ. Now, while this is a broad topic and one has been hit over and over and over again, we have to realize that the foundational experience of the prophetic is about elevating or pulling out or highlighting someone's identity in Christ. You see, some of the most powerful relationships I have in my life are those that are able to remind me who I am in Christ, right? We've all been in difficult situations. We're in the pressure cooker. We're, we're making powerful decisions. We're doing different things. And, you know, it can be easy to compromise our values in moments of pressure, but it's actually in friendship, it's the deepest form of this, where you can have a support system that can remind you who you are in Christ so that your values don't get compromised. We well, you know the prophetic works the same way. And in our spiritual communities, we need to remind one another who we are in Christ. So the foundational element of the prophetic is actually to speak into people about how God sees them. We used to say all the time that we need to crawl up into the eye of God and see things from his perspective. This idea of seeing things from his vantage point. What does it look like to see people from that vantage point rather than the vantage point of their difficulty, their inadequacies, their failures, um, their confusion, uh, their mistakes, you know, who they're not versus who they are. And so there's something significant about opening up this idea of us really believing in people, maybe even more, than they believe in themselves. Right now, I, I really believe this, that God trusts you more than you trust you. There's people watching right now, you need encouragement in your life, and you actually need to drop into the comments and, and, uh, and let Jenna know that you'd like to receive some ministry. We have a team available right now that just love to encourage you. They'd love just to prophesy over you. They'd love to bring, to, to, to build you up, stir you up, and to cheer you up. But you need that because your spirit is starving for encouragement. It's just amazing. I've never seen people, Christians are more moved into an emotional response and prophecy than actually people in the world are. You know, I, Christians are starving for affirmation because religion has literally wrung people dry. It's pulled everything out of them. It's used them. It's abused them. It's taken advantage of them. It's made them into the workhorses of building megachurches and mandoms, as we like to call them, the kingdom of man. And, uh, you know, and people just get, they get strung out and, and overworked and overcommitted and over, over, you know, just overextended. And so, man, Christians are starving to know who they are, not what they're able to do. And so while our function is required in the kingdom, we need to hear and we need to do. If you've been over leveraged, if you've been overextended, if you're exhausted right now, you got to take a break from some of that doing and you got to be reminded about who you're becoming because your doing has to be an outflow of your being. 
So we need both of them to be mature in Christ. But if you're not rooted in your being first, your doing will always become a competing commitment in your life and to your purpose. And so there's a real need for us to begin to open this up and, uh, and, and to begin to understand what does it look like for us to begin to create a culture and an atmosphere through the prophetic that allows for the future to become more possible, to be more accessible, and to be more founded on the word of God at every dimension that we talked about, while also pulling the gold out of people. You know, I'm running a coaching and mentoring platform called Solutionary Mindset. And, and out of this platform, I've been working largely with entrepreneurs, people who are founders, people who are leading organizations, church leaders, government leaders, business leaders. And, uh, and, and one of the things that I'm really bringing people into is the idea of how to master their identity. And the idea of mastering our identity is really activating four prophetic lenses. It's hindsight, insight, oversight, and foresight. We need to have a relationship that's redeemed by God's vision for hindsight in my past, insight for today, foresight for the future, and then oversight about how we're going to get from where I'm at to what I see in the future. And a powerful prophetic culture is going to have vision at all four levels. It's going to be able to identify identity at all four levels. And so we need people who are able to see according to the way that God sees. If a prophetic culture is going to be healthy, prophetic culture is going to be vibrant in our community, in our churches, in our schools, in our businesses that we're running. We're in charge of the atmosphere. And if we're going to begin to open this up, we got to begin to you know, ask these powerful questions about what it actually looks like. And yes, in your school, you know, I was able to be part of a beta uh, for a social and emotional learning curriculum uh, called Purpose Prep. And, and in Purpose Prep, you know, we were able to take social and emotional learning skills into high schools and to begin to allow kids, young people, to become aware of who they are, their, what their goals are, and how to plan for their future, and, and how to really, do, you know, not just look at one plus one equals two, although we need that. But to understand how to relate with others, how to relate with themselves, what to do with their emotions, how to channel those different things. And as we were developing this, we did our beta. We took it out into four, uh, five different countries around the world. And we did a beta test with about 12,000 different students. And as we were out there testing the curriculum, seeing if it was results, um, if it had the results that we believed that it would. But we had all these moments where we would activate the kids on sharing with one another. We'd pair them up and do what many of you guys would call prophetic activations. And so when we get these kids, this isn't secular high schools, all right? These kids don't know the Lord. They've never been, you know, activated to want to see people for who they really are. And so we would get these 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds in groups of two, and we would have them finish the statement, when I see you, I see this. And we would teach them how to build one another up, to build up, stir up, and to cheer up, which is the foundation of the prophetic. And so we were teaching them the life skill of encouragement. And I tell you what. The room was electric. We'd have a couple hundred kids in assembly in a room, and they would start encouraging one another. And I tell you what, man, the connection that was formed and the people that were moved in tears and the people that, you know, would just begin to be have restoration in the relationship. Kids that were enemies began to just hug and they would reconcile. And I mean, just profound stories that as the presence of God, the presence of God shows up when you begin to pull the gold out of people. And uh, even if you're not aware of it, that's actually what's happening, right? And so, you know, there's a need for us to realize that we're responsible for our atmosphere. 
We're responsible for breaking these things wide open and making them available. You know, we've, uh, you know, for the last five years, we've had teams go down to the LGBTQ uh, festival in downtown Detroit. And so uh, Carrie Pardon is a leader of, of Emergis and, and she's assembled teams and taken them down there into the city. And we have had, you know, over, you know, a thousand people, I believe, on the last event that we did came and sat in the tent and received ministry from our teams, from our church, willingly, joyfully came and sat in a seat. Over a thousand people. We had a thousand butts in seats, man. I mean, think about that. It's a lot of impact. And what we're doing is we are encouraging people. We're introducing them to the good father and introducing this opportunity for them to experience light and to experience love, that they can have the joy of, of the salvation that we have all experienced in Christ, right? And, uh, and so that we're just bringing them into that moment. And so we need to understand this, this idea of the prophetic as a life skill that is meant to go out with us into the whole world. We bring a culture of the prophetic into the classroom. We bring a culture of the prophetic into the, into the boardroom. We're able to bring a culture of the prophetic into our churches, into all these different places. And there's a need for us to double down on the life skill so that we can begin to exemplify what a culture that looks like. You know, now like here in our church, we've been going after this building a prophetic culture for you know, the last eight years. And, I, and we always say that this is, this is the most encouraging place on earth. Like when you walk into our, uh, the four corners of, of a gathering at Gen 1, you are going to be so encouraged. You're going to be around the most encouraging people you have ever met. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to remind you who you are in Christ, right? And so there's a need for us to, to understand, you know, identity and, and how to pull the gold out of people and be focused on the gold rather than the dirt. You know, we've, we've rehearsed this value on here before, but, you know, it doesn't take a specialist to find dirt in a cave. It takes a specialist to find gold in a cave. <laughs> and so what does it look like for us to begin to create this permission to pull the gold out of people? Create this permission and the standard, actually, that says, you know what? We're going to believe the best about people. We're going to have a hope-filled disposition about people. Are we going to deal with problems right now? Well, of course. Are we going to live in la-la land and ignore problems? Well, of course we're not going to do that. We're going to engage the, with the need for truth in a moment. But we're going to do it from a place of love, from a place of restoration, and not from a punitive mindset. We're not trying to remove people from the process of growth. We're trying to catalyze them into the process of growth, that they can realize the fullness of who they are in Christ, who God had you know, on his mind when he made them. And so this takes great courage to do. It takes great courage. And, and right now, it's going to take some courage for you guys to say yes to come and, and let people you don't know minister to you. But we would love to do that. We'd be honored to right now. We have teams that are waiting. They are absolutely available and would love to minister to you. And so they are prophetic teams that we have trained in the word of God. They've been discipled. They're seasoned. They're mature. You know, some of these people have been serving the Lord for 35 and 40 years. They are absolutely amazing. And they're only 29 years old. <laughs> and so I just encourage you right now, if you're desperate for encouragement, if you're needing that touch from the Lord, if you're needing some refreshing. If you're exhausted right now, I want you to drop into the comments and say, I want ministry or simply just click the link that's there that Jenna has dropped into the comments. 
And uh, once you click on that link, you're going to give your name and your email because we'd like to follow up with you and be accountable for the ministry time that, we, uh, that we've given to you today. And then you'll go into a private and a personal Zoom room. And in that place, you'll begin to receive ministry from one of our teams. And uh, you're just going to absolutely be in courage. And so if you're watching right now, just let us know where you're watching from. Let us know if you've received ministry before from our healing room teams or our prophetic teams. You know that they're amazing. Give everyone some encouragement here. Give us some feedback about how good that experience was because uh, our teams, you guys, are fantastic. They are world-class and uh, we're excited and honored to have them be a part of what is going on here tonight on our prophetic broadcast on Kingdom Encounter. This is our midweek service at Generation One. It's called Kingdom Encounter. It happens every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So feel free to join us. We rotate topics and themes. We go after kingdom culture. We do healing. We go after kingdom perspectives, basically what's God doing and saying in the world right now. And then we go after a prophetic culture. How do you build up the prophetic skill set? And of course, we got teams ministering healing on the second week of the month. We got teams ministering the prophetic on the fourth week of the month. And we're just repeating this rotation every single month, creating breakthrough and availability uh, for you in the kingdom of God every single Wednesday night. It's our joy to minister to you and it's our joy to make our breakthrough available for you. Well, hey, I've got a couple of announcements to get into. Liz Upshur is going to be joining here in just a moment. One of our trainers here at Generation One. You're not going to want to miss this as we open up this conversation on a, on a prophetic culture and an awakening identity inside of other people. Uh, but I want to give you a couple of announcements here about what's going on here at Generation One. We have a service every Saturday night at 4 p.m. afternoon, if you will. And uh, we gather in Troy, Michigan, locally. We are gathering live. And so if you, if you live local to Metro Detroit and you'd like to visit, we are a small but mighty community. We're tightly knit together. We like to call ourselves special forces in the kingdom. And uh, so we're the biggest little church you've ever seen in your life. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and so we just really have gone after family, building tight connection. We are passionate. We'd love to see you guys uh, show up and encounter the Lord with us Saturdays at 4 p.m. We do have a special service actually coming up on April 3rd. It's Easter weekend, but because we do Saturdays or uh, Saturday service, our Easter service will be on Saturday, April 3rd at 4 p.m. Our theme this year is Rise and Walk. I'm so excited about this. The Lord told me um, a few weeks ago, he said, Drew, it's time to shake off 2020's grave clothes. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go after that. Like Lazarus coming out of the grave, uh, he was restored. And I believe a lot of us have been in the grave. There's been a lot of grave experiences, a lot of loss, a lot of difficulty, a lot of confusion, instability coming out of 2020. But it's time to shake off those grave clothes. The stone's been rolled away and it's time to come forth, to rise and walk in newness of life. We're going to go after that together on April 3rd. You're not going to want to miss that. We have a very special service uh, there. We're going to have guest worship leader Darius James and his team going to be showing up with us, which is amazing. And uh, we got some really, really powerful testimonies that we've prepared for the service. The ministry will be off the charts and the encounter that you have with the Lord will mark your life. And so thank you for being willing to join us with that. We have a new prophetic course, actually, talking about building a prophetic culture. If you'd like to learn how to activate hearing God's voice, to learn how to give mature and biblically founded prophetic words 
We have a new course just launched as part of our Supernatural Identity Series. This is course number two or track number two, if you will, in the series. And uh, you can go to generation1.org slash courses right now. And for $47, we have 10 modules. You're going to get activation, impartation, remarkable testimonies, biblical training. And I think we have somewhere around seven different trainers uh, that are in that course. You're not going to want to miss it. It's absolutely going to change your life. What's really cool about it is that it moves at your own pace. And so you can just jump into the course, move at your own pace. If you want to binge, listen, binge, watch, whatever you want to do. You can go through it. There's great guide sheets in there, questions that will provoke you, devotions, if you will. And uh, so jump in there. Of course, we have the soup, soup ID, as we like to call it. Supernatural Identity. We have the introduction course uh, is already available as well. It has 12 modules. We've got now we've got the prophetic course. And uh, and so next is going to be the healing course. Very excited to announce that in a few weeks. So some great things come in there. So if you need training and you want some development there and you want to do it in real time, you don't live local to us, then make sure you grab that course. It'll be a blessing to your life. Of course, we've been mentioning every week, Tony Mancina's new book is out and called Kingdom Essentials. This is a powerful devotional to activate kingdom core values in your life. If you need to build that kingdom foundation, um, Tony Mancina has 45 years of wisdom, serving the Lord, serving in ministry. And this is really a culmination of his of his life's work in ministry, helping people get that biblical kingdom foundation in their life. And so this is volume number one. We're going to hit eight major core values of the kingdom. It's great for Bible studies, home groups, different things. If you'd like to check that out, go to uh, generation1.org slash kingdom essentials. Make sure you grab that. That is going to absolutely bless your life. Well, hey, uh, for those of you guys who are joining us right now that are part of Gen 1 community, um, we just appreciate your generosity and your tithes and offerings. There's a few ways you guys can give. For those of you not able to attend right now in person still, this is your opportunity to continue to put your seed and good ground. We bless you to eat your bread and we bless you to plant your seed. Of course, you do have the text to give or through generation1.org slash giving. You guys are amazing. We appreciate your generosity and making these moments of ministry possible as we continue to broadcast and bring our breakthrough and make it available to the world around us. Some really exciting stuff happening here at Gen 1 right now. We have a lot of prototypes beginning to open up about what it looks like to recommunicate purpose as a church. And so uh, be staying in touch with some updates that are coming and uh, some really powerful things are happening. So uh, Lord, we just bless these tithes and offerings right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for that blessing. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for the generosity. Lord, multiply it now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, you guys, share this broadcast out. We're about to jump in our segment with Liz Upshur. I'm so excited about this. And to get some time together and, and share and do some more development on what it means to build a prophetic culture and uh, specifically on how you pull the identity out of people, seeing people the way that God sees them. And uh, we're going to have a great time there. But share the broadcast out. And once again, if you need ministry, if you're discouraged right now, if you need encouragement, we've got teams that are available and would love to minister to you. And so please uh, drop into the comments. Let us know that you want to receive ministry. And we'd be honored to do that. And I do believe that Liz and I will do a little bit of ministry here at the end. So if you'd like to receive a prophetic word, even here on the stream, we'll be able to get into that as well. Well, without further ado, I'm going to ask Liz Upshur to join me now here in the broadcast. 
Hello, Liz Upshur. How are you doing tonight? Yes, doing good. How are you? Awesome. There it is. You're muted for a second. Yes. So good to have you on here tonight, Liz. And yeah. uh, glad that you're doing well. And man, tonight's just going to be amazing. We're going to spend a few moments together here, you know, talking about this prophetic culture. And, you know, Liz, you know, uh, you and Mary have been really just invested, you know, so much into helping to raise up our teams and to go after this. And, you know, you've got a, a tremendous story of just really believing that you can hear God's voice. And, you know, I love how you shared a few weeks ago, you know, just that journey of just learning and growing and finding out that you didn't have to be overly qualified. You didn't have to be the most anointed person in the room. You didn't have to have the microphone and a title to begin to hear God's voice. And, you know, Liz, when you share about those things in your journey of discovering the prophetic, I think it's so encouraging. And so before we jump into tonight, just kind of remind people about your process and your journey of jumping in and hearing God's voice and, and what that looked like for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's different points in our journey in faith, right? So I can look back over a lifetime and see different points of learning about hearing God's voice and knowing that he speaks. Um, one of the things that was a very significant was um, I was um, on a in a ministry opportunity and somebody was telling me you can prophesy, you know you you can prophesy and you can share when you pray, Liz. You're actually when I'm listening to you pray, I'm hearing you pray prophetically over people. And my response was, no, no, that's for the big name spiritual leaders and certain streams. That that's not for me because. What if I'm wrong and I don't want to step into that? But they were able to show me in, you know, through scripture and help me understand, like Corinthians talks about to desire prophecy and to desire it to build up the church. Like that's one of the, the reasons that we have it. So um, I was encouraged to just don't just pray it, speak it, speak what you want to pray over people. And that's really how I stepped into the prophetic was recognizing that the prophetic wasn't just for the anointed or those that fasted the most or read their Bible the most. The prophetic is for the believer that's connected to Jesus. And if you're connected to Jesus, we have full access to everything in him. And that includes hearing his voice. And that includes being able to speak what he is saying into the earth, into people's lives, into our own lives. So that's kind of how my journey started was someone just calling the gold out me and saying, you can hear God's voice you need to speak it out and just taking a step of faith to do that. Sure. That's so powerful. I'll never forget, um, you know, back in, I think it was 2011. Um, we were, I had a team of like a bunch of us, we went to Germany and we're doing this, this conference and, and we had a mixture of people, Liz, who had, you know, came from different backgrounds from a church standpoint. And, and so everyone was just hungry for God. And, and, and so we, we started, once we got people on the ground, um, they all didn't know that they were the ministry team. I, I guess somehow they didn't read the email or something. <laughs> and so, you know, some of them had never given a prophetic word ever in their life. And mm -hmm. so they were, you know, similar moment maybe to you, you know, you're here in this ministry moment and, you know, you're needing, you know, this, you know, this courage to en encounter and to interact with God at a, and maybe in a way that you didn't even know was possible. But Liz, I tell you what, some of the most pure moments of prophetic ministry Absolutely. happen in those moments when sons and daughters just begin to walk in the freedom saying, you know what? I can hear my dad's voice 
And he wants to release encouragement, not just to me, but also through me. And I tell you what, that moment, and there's been a bunch of other moments where we've done that, where we'll literally activate people in their confidence of hearing God's voice while we're about to do ministry. And then they get up in front of a whole room of people and God gives them an encouraging word for a particular person. And it's their life-changing moments for the person who receives the word, but especially for the person who gives the word because they realize that they're qualified. They realize yeah. they're able to do those things. And it kind of sounds like you had that similar experience. I absolutely did. I love what you shared about. It's not just about the person receiving the word, but also the person giving the word. And when we realize we are God's son, we are God's daughter, he is speaking to me and we step out in that we're empowered because we're saying I'm walking in who he has made me to be. And he's made me to be somebody to walk in the confidence that it says that we will hear his voice. His sheep will hear his voice. We know that scripture. Trust in the Lord. Lean on your own understanding. You know, all these different scriptures that right. come along. But now you're saying I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to trust that he said I would hear his voice. Isaiah talks about a voice being behind us and telling us the way to go, the right or the left. I mean, all throughout scripture, there is examples of God speaking. So when we step out and say, okay, I believe God's speaking and I'm gonna hear what the Holy Spirit's putting in my heart, be that a thought, impression, scripture. When we step out and say it and somebody says, that connects with what God's speaking to me, it, it networks the body of Christ. I mean, think about the power of we're calling out the gold in somebody and the gold's being called out in us as we're obedient to prophesy. It's a way to knit the body of Christ together in a very unique way. It really is. You know, um, you know, obviously Ephesians 4 says that we should be, you know, knit and joined together in love. And mm -hmm. I think that's the moment you're talking about. It's like, man, when when you begin to explore the width and the depth and you begin to comprehend the love of God. You know, one of the greatest ways to comprehend the love of God is to become aware of how much God loves somebody else. You know, of, of course, it's great for us. We need to have a revelation of how much God loves me. And I think that's the first step. But man, when you begin to realize how much God loves the whole world, how much God loves people who are different than me, you know, different social classes, economic classes, different color of skin, different territories. I mean, different languages. I mean, it's like when you realize how comprehensive the love of God is and you begin to tap into that and connect with that and see people from that place, it will wreck your life. I Absolutely. mean, life, you know, and Liz, you're a globetrotter and I love that about you. You've just spent a lot of time on the missions field as well. And, and, uh, and I've been out, I've been in, uh, I think it's actually close to 20 countries now I keep saying 18, but it's been updated. Um, but you know, and in the, in the, that journey, I, that's been such a life-changing experience for me to be exposed to so many different ways of life because I've had to understand in those moments, God, what does it look like to serve these people in this moment and this place of time and for your love to fit them, for your love to meet them in the point of their need. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have needs and God's love meets my needs. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Like he loves me. His mercy follows me in the midst of my humanity and who I am and who I'm not. But being in that situation, you know, what, what's what's some of the things you've experienced in that context? And did you have a similar experience? And, and how did that challenge the way that you saw God's love, you know, kind of resonating and having to not just fit your way of life, but really fit, you know, the needs of the whole world? 
Yeah, I mean, just hearing you is reminding me, um, everywhere that we go, the gospel translates. It's always relevant. The Lord knows how to communicate it in a way through us to cross-cultural contexts where he still is glorified, where he still, his love comes and shines through. So yes, I've definitely seen that in cross-cultural contexts as well. I mean, when you are praying for somebody or speaking over somebody in a different nation, they are people just like us with jobs, families, needs, a part of the body of Christ or not a part of the body of Christ, they still desire that encounter with our father. And so the prophetic is cross-cultural. I mean, I know that sounds super simple, super basic, but that's the truth of it. I mean, you captured it. Well, and Liz, it's, it's basic. And the reason we're talking about it is because it's basic and it's not happening, right? <laughs> so there's actually a need for the church to get back yeah. to the basics. You know, we've, we've worked so hard to try to pre-qualify who we think can benefit from the power of the gospel. And in that moment, we become masters of, of, of good and evil. And we really start partaking of the, of the wrong tree, don't we? Mm. And, and, and so it's like, man, we're just supposed to free, freely we receive, now freely give. And when you realize that the love of God is meant to meet every single person at the point of their need, it really changes your, your motivation and, and your understanding of how to bring people into that experience and, you know, Liz, some of my most significant experiences in the prophetic, you know, haven't been when I, you know, maybe got, you know, a word of knowledge about something that was true that I didn't know, or it wasn't about this is what's going to happen in the future. And, and those words are great. Words of knowledge are great. You know, words of direction are great. And they're a part of the prophetic. But man, the, the deepest parts of the deepest encounters that I've witnessed and, and felt from the Lord or been used by God to create is when I just simply reconnect people to the Father. And that they, when they begin to see the Father and hear how the Father feels about them, that there's a restoration in that moment where the lies of performance, the lies of all these other things, where they've been trying to earn God's love, earn his, his, uh, his goodness, if you will, all that begins to melt away. And, and I think Sean Bulls probably has tremendous, you know, probably some of the best language on this, about the idea of, you know, the prophetic is not a power, it's a father. It's a mm -hmm. connection with the mm -hmm. father. Absolutely. And, you know, and so we've, we've been training people here for years. You've been on our teams for a lot of years. And then now you've been leading teams for a couple of years, you and Mary Man. And, and, uh, and so, you know, what this idea of identity, you know, for yeah. you, when we talk about identity and people seeing who God is and understanding who they are because of that. And yeah. how that relate with the, that prophetic experience because, you know, a oh, prophetic yeah. culture has to start with the basics, right? Which mm -hmm. is everyone's qualified. And when we start prophesying, our motivation needs to be, you know, what when it comes to identity? How, how does this relate? How does this connect for you? Oh, yeah. You're hitting identity and I'm excited to, to share what's coming to me here. Um, John 15, right, talks about that we're no longer servants, but we're Jesus's friends. And so when we go into the prophetic and we know that we're a friend of God, that shifts our posture, hmm. our identity. Friends communicate, friends talk, friends share ideas, friends share thoughts. So one of the activations that we do um, in our prophetic company is we talk about how in Samuel, I mean, in uh, yeah, first Samuel, Eli, um, when Samuel hears God's voice, Eli teaches him to say, speak for your servant is listening. That's hmm. awesome. Eli is saying, hey, God's speaking but speak for your servant is listening. What we see in the new covenant is Jesus calls us friend. So when we approach the prophetic, we approach the prophetic 
yes, we want to do everything is unto the Lord. I mean, that's scriptural, Colossians 3.17, everything you do is unto the Lord. That is serving him. But we're not just a servant. We're also called his friend. So identity links perfectly. And when we're his friend, we aren't saying, Father, give me the marching orders for this person. We're saying, Father, I'm your friend. What do you have to say to me? Father, I'm your friend. What do you have to say to this person? Um, you know, that's an activation, uh, Drew. When we use that activation, you talked about clarity in the prophetic and simply hearing the gospel. That That's probably my favorite activation. Is And if anybody's listening and you want to hear the Father's voice from a place of identity, tell the Lord, Father, you have called me friend. What do you have to say to me? And the way that he speaks in that moment is always so powerful to bring the connection back to the Father, back to identity. Yeah, it's so significant and to build this foundation, you know, of, you know, restoration of identity as a mother, you know, it's like, you know, if we paraphrase the three core values, build up, stir up and cheer up, like, what are we building up? What are we stirring up? And what are we cheering up? Well, mm -hmm. It's the essence of who we are. You know, it's, it's, it's reminding us about how awakened unto God we really are. You know, mm -hmm. you know, we get to rise and walk in a newness of life because of the new covenant. And yet there's many people who aren't living that way. They're not living in the benefits of the new covenant. They're not living in the power or the provision of the new covenant. They're trying to hang on to old mindsets, the old heart, you know, the, the old things that are there, the old spirit, the dead things. And, uh, you know, and, and so God isn't trying to rehabilitate an old thing. He's awakened something new inside of us. And so we need to be reminded about what was given to us through the new covenant, though. And identity is the place where we do that. Now, when you begin to build a culture now, you know, uh, Liz, you and Mary have been working with teams, developing teams, getting them ready. And, you know, one of the things we teach them first and foremost is, hey, you need to you need to pull the gold out of people. You need to remind them mm -hmm. about who they really are in Christ. And and that man, the permission that comes out of that, the connection that's built out of that. Man, it's like when people realize they have that permission, it's like a spark gets ignited inside of them, you know, because once you have one encouraging experience, you just want to go around and have a bunch of encouraging experiences. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that begins to shift the atmosphere, you know, and so when people begin to anticipate what changes in that moment, when people begin to anticipate that everyone around them is built, wants to build them up, stir them up and cheer them up. What type of experiences are possible when a prophetic culture is rooted in and reminding who people are and building, stirring up and cheering up their identity? I'll tell you one of the first things. You come into the room with a group of people that have that mindset, you know they're for you. And that's a representation of the Father, right? That he is for us and not against us. And when you're in a room of people that are postured in a place of, we hear God, we're going to hear God for you. And we're hearing him for you from a place of love. Like you said before, you know that the room is for you and the room is a representation of heaven, right? Heaven is for us. Heaven is championing us. It says Jesus is interceding for us. All these things, the prophetic, when people are postured the way that you said, you know, the people in the room are for you. Your confidence begins to grow. And when you know people are for you, you reach back out that network. We talked about at the beginning, that community of build um, a family. It, it creates family. That, that's what happens because family sees you and knows you. And the prophetic, you become seen and known as how heaven sees you. Come on. It's so powerful. And, and that, you know, man, every time, Liz, that I experience that, it, it doesn't matter 
you know, if it's someone who's just prophesied for the first time, or if it's the biggest name in the prophetic movement, man, when you get reminded about who you are and you need, and you need to hear that, I mean, it's one of the most life-giving moments. And, um, you know, I, there's just been, I've had significant moments in the prophetic that were founded from that experience that have just absolutely changed my life. Mm -hmm. and, and the same for you. And, you know, I, and I, I just love this idea that we can create a safe place for people to grow so that these dynamic experiences can be possible. And, you know, and I think everybody probably wants the word that's going to foretell and it's beneficial what's being given, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. you're going to change the world of one, two, three things are going to happen. And we're like, Oh, glory. You know, <laughs> well, the foundation of that is to build up, stir up and cheer up your identity. That person who's giving that word, whether they realize it or not, ultimately has championed calling goodness out of people. And what's so exciting about a prophetic culture is that it's not just the place for that to happen. And it's not just somewhere where you can anticipate it to happen, but it's also a safe place for people to practice that. Isn't that true? Absolutely. And, and that safety is critical because our father is safe. And in the sense that we're, you know, it's connection. The prophetic is not a, just some, you know, tool that we get out of the toolbox. It's about connection we have with the Lord. And of course it is a skill set that can be honed and grown. And Hebrews tells us we can exercise, you know, our senses and our gifts and, and, uh, and we need to do that, right? And go to the spiritual gymnasium, if you will. Um, but it's, you know, there's something beautiful about the idea that, hey, we're going to love you. Excuse me. We're going to love you as you discover how to remain connected to God while trying to bring encouragement to other people. Mm. And, you know, so we've had a, you know, Liz, we've made a lot of messes around here. I mean, let's, <laughs> I mean, we've not been perfect over these last eight years. We've made messes. But I tell you what. We have in our safety created a place for people to clean up that mess and to really continue to grow. And just talk a little bit more about that. What, what does that mean for you? And, and uh, how was that maybe critical for your growth? And how has it been critical for the people you've been trained to say, you know what, this is practice. And if there's any place that you should be practicing, it actually should be here in the church. Yeah, well, just kind of emphasizing the practice part, right? When we practice, we're also open to feedback. So I think that goes hand in hand, is that when we say we're a culture where it's safe to practice, it also means, are you willing to get some feedback? Feedback on your delivery, feedback on the word itself. However, people don't want feedback if it is not a safe culture. So what makes a yeah. safe culture? And our prophetic company um, at Gen 1, we really emphasize we're here to grow. We're here to coach you. We're here to support you. We're family. We're sharing testimony. So we're creating an environment that's a safe environment where you know that even the feedback you're going to get is feedback that's going to support your growth and support your gifting. I mean, that's discipleship, right? Is, is walking alongside People. I mean, Jesus showed his disciples with his life. He showed them with his model. And learning the prophetic is no different. As we disciple in the prophetic, we create an environment and we model. <laughs> we model practicing. We model working together and we model giving the feedback. And so it creates that, that environment. I guess I would use the word safe is the word that I would use to make that practice. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the, the, the buzzword right now. We're all trying, you know, safety is everything. Emotional safety, yeah. cybersecurity, safety, identity oh, yeah. protection. And I mean, we want everything to be a safe space. And you can get kind of, it can get a little bit redundant as well. Sure. Uh, 
because now we're we don't want any, anything to go wrong. We want everything to have styrofoam on it, and you know, and everyone needs to wear a helmet the moment they walk <laughs> outside. But but ultimately, you know, safety for us is not just about do we eliminate something from going wrong. Safety for us is that you're actually powerful enough for something to go wrong, and that that it's okay that something went wrong as long as you're willing to accept responsibility for it and grow through it, right? And so this isn't some, you know, wimpy environment when we're talking about safety. This is actually a, an environment of strength that says, hey, we're going to believe that you're powerful. We're going to believe in you. And it's going to be safe because we're going to be willing to still love you and believe in you even after you mm -hmm. have a growth opportunity, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and an environment like that promotes risk-taking. 100%. It promotes the opportunity to take a risk. That failure is not final. You know, failure is an opportunity. I think of how my own father raised me. My dad always was behind us. I was so, I'm so grateful with unconditional love and support to take risks and to be willing to take them and to learn that you can take a risk. If it didn't turn out, I'm here to support you and direct you, you know, in those foundational years. And, and that's what we create with family. That's what healthy family creates. Yeah. And not just you're going to clean up the mess, but let's talk about it. How can we do this together? How can I support you, especially when ownership's involved? Yeah. What What do you need? Do you need help? Yeah. <laughs> Powerful questions. Yeah. Uh, ask in that moment. Well, you know, Liz, there's, um, you know, you have a, a, you know, just a beautiful vantage point because of, you know, working and leadership and being in church all of your life and being a part of the local church and seeing these kind of progressions of maturity that you've seen. And yet also you're, you're in the marketplace and uh, you're in the education sphere. And, you know, there's just something amazing, you know, let's just speak into this a little bit. You know, there's some people out there that, you know, maybe they're not church leaders or not building a prophetic culture inside of a church, um, but they're wanting to bring this type of application out into the marketplace. And why don't you speak into that? What, what does a prophetic culture look like in the marketplace? You know, yeah. in the boardroom, the classroom, your shareholders, you know, what does it look like to begin to foster this idea of, hey, I bring an atmosphere of build up, stir up and cheer up. And how do you begin to implement some of those things? Yeah, that is such a great question. And the first thing that comes to me is when you are wherever you're working and or at home or your neighborhood is knowing your connection, that vertical connection, you know, really the prophetic what we're really saying that is, is I am connected by the Holy Spirit. I am hearing the voice of God. So when you walk in that confidence and you bring that outside of the church, you know that God is speaking to you and he can speak to you through thoughts, impressions, ideas. You are giving him your day, your ways. And so when you step into an environment, you're bringing an extra uh, person with you. <laughs> You are bringing somebody that is bringing what you don't know in the natural to situations. So you're willing to, to do that. So I think that's number one, recognizing that connection. Number two is if we have a prophetic culture, we are looking for opportunities to speak life. That means we're speaking life over people. That means I, I was a situation today with um, someone that I encountered and they were speaking a lot of negativity. I can't do this. I can't do that. I looked at them and I said, you're about to be able to do that because what I know about you is you're going to be able to, but it's knowing the timing to say it. 
So there's a fine line there. We don't want to just be positive just to blow hot air, right? But there's there's a time where we know the Lord is saying, now's the time to speak life to this person. And we know that in different ways, right? We know that by the impression in our heart. We know that by sometimes a thought in our mind. Um, so God leads us through our connection with him. And then he leads us. He gave us a mouth to use wherever we go. And our mouth is to speak life. I mean, Proverbs is full of it, right, Drew? <laughs> of life or death is in the tongue. And prophetic is to be used to bring life. So if you're bringing a prophetic culture into the marketplace, you know you have a source with you of life and it's your mouth. And so we open our mouth under the power of the connection of God. And that means we speak life over situations. We speak life over people. We speak life over what's to come where God's given us um, a place to serve. So it's definitely ready to come out of the church to wherever we go. Yeah, I love that. You know, I, I think there's such an amazing opportunity for upgrade for all of us as believers mm -hmm. to really accept responsibility for the atmosphere around us. And, and, and that powerful tool you just talked about that I think is critical is understanding that our words are meaningful every time they leave our mouth. Mm -hmm. Whether we are conscious with it or it's subconscious, um, something's happening with our words because the life and death is in the power of the tongue. When the tongue is moving, it's either creating life or it's creating death. We get to choose and we're responsible for the outcomes you know, behind that. And so you know, what does it look like for us to be people you know, who can really begin to speak life. And, you know, I've met a lot of brilliant people, and this is where I'm really excited about some of the transition that's happening right now, is that I'm seeing people who are who are brilliant consciously and uh, cerebr cerebrally, who are realizing that, you know, speaking life doesn't mean that you no longer critically think. You know, you're able to be aware of problems. You're able to be aware of these things. But the prophetic, the life-giving tongue is actually being given to us to solve the problems. Yes. Let's actually become a solution to these things. Let's actually bring life to these things. And let's get a download from the Lord about how he feels about the situation and the people that are involved. And we're realizing that, you know, challenges are not a limitation for life to be flowing and moving in the atmosphere that we're leading in. And so, you know, I found there's so many moments, just like you're talking about, where you can invite people in to a moment to realign their mindset. You know, people need adjustments all the time. Like I, I need, I need adjustments in my mindset sometimes. Right. And uh, you know, so no matter if it's a coworker, if it's a student, no matter where it's going on out as we're out living in our purpose, it's like, man, our, the life we bring through our mouth becomes kind of like that supernatural chiropractic adjustment. And it says, you know what? We're going to bring order to the atmosphere right now. We're going to bring order to the to the to this group of people, and we're we're going to declare life and not partner with death. And uh, and so it takes a lot of courage, though, to accept that responsibility. And Liz, I think you've done such a great job with that. You're talking about it right now, and uh, because life and death is in the power of the tongue, and everything can change when we accept that responsibility. You're right. And it is a responsibility. And there are times where we aren't using that responsibility. And so correctly, right, we might partner with a neg negative or um, I remember um, a work situation a few years ago. It was it sounded like a death plan. What we were talking about, I said, where is the life plan? <laughs> right. And you can partner with that thought. But instead, we have the opportunity to turn things that can go in a direction that produces life. And just while you were talking, I, I was thinking what keeps us in that mindset, right? When you're at church and you're singing worship songs and you're all in it, 
It's easy to go up and prophesy over somebody. It's easy to let your tongue speak life. But when you pull up into your work parking lot at 6.30 in the morning and you're exhausted because of whatever, kids couldn't sleep the night before, your minds know all the meetings that are going to start the minute you walk in the door, how do you keep life? Well, Philippians 4 talks about keeping our thoughts fixed on what's authentic, real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind. When we fasten our thoughts in every glorious work of God, praising him always, um, it says, uh, we'll follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. So the fruit of keeping our mind on, on the things of God, things that are honorable, is a flow of peace. What happens with life? <laughs> life brings peace. What follows peace? Joy. I mean, these are scriptural words, right? But we're not trying to just make them scriptural words. They're, they really are the foundation of what we're able to do with our words outside of the church. And it starts with where we fix our thoughts, because when our thoughts are fixed in those things, then that's what's going to flow out of our mouth. Yeah, that's so good. And right now, if you're needing encouragement, you know, I would I would encourage you <laughs> to uh, to drop into the comments. Let us yeah. know receive ministry. Um, Jenna has dropped a link in there for um, our virtual uh, ministry teams and just click on the link. And uh, we've got teams that are ready to encourage you right now. Mm-hmm. They want to build you up, stir you up, cheer you up. You're going to leave better than how you came in. And so it's private. It's personal. These teams are anointed. They're well seasoned. They're discipled. They are disciplers. Actually, many of them are just anointed, you know, leaders in our church and and uh, and we would just love just to love on you, to minister to you, to encourage you. You need refreshing. Um, you know, Liz, these teams are absolutely amazing. And uh, anybody who would jump in is for sure going to be encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. Everything we've talked about tonight, we train in as a church in the church setting and our training for those that are in the rooms tonight. I mean, we have a heart to see God be revealed and for him to be revealed to every person. Come on. It's so good. It's so good. Well, you know, Liz, this has been a tremendous conversation here tonight. And, and, uh, and you know, my desire is just that people would be strengthened and their ability, you know, some, some of you guys watching right now, you know, you're seasoned in these things like this kind of, you know, prophetic culture 101, you've got this in your heart. You know, we're just talking about the foundation tonight, right? You've got this in your heart already, but you need to be reminded about the thing we've committed our lives to, which is, which is to actually see, um, you know, people be built up, stirred up and cheered up. And, you know, Liz, I've been in situations before where it's like, I need to be reminded about these things as much as I've given my life to, as much as I've taught on these things all over the world. I've had thousands of people I've trained in the prophetic <laughs> and uh, across borders and all over. And yet I still need to be reminded, you know, every day because we can get in the throes of new seasons and new focuses and new priorities and new people that we're working with. And we just kind of believe that everyone's already heard the thing that we do. They've already experienced those types of things. And I tell you what, this never, ever ends. Seeing people according to how God sees them, not according to the flesh, but according to the new creation. And, yeah. uh, and so there's, there's a powerful commitment that we as believers need uh, to be reminded in that. And so Liz, last final words here. What would you say to the person who's been going after this for a while? They have a foundation in their heart, and uh, but maybe they're just kind of plateauing and, and kind of in the, in the status quo. What, what would you say to someone who needs that encouragement? What's next in the prophetic for them? Yeah. Oh man, that's so, that's 
a great question. So what is next for somebody that feels like they're plateauing? Honestly, Drew, my go-to, my personal go-to, I will share what I do myself is I go back to John 15. For me, there's such a life-giving, when you read John 15, it talks about abiding in Jesus. And abiding means we stay, we're with him, and everything flows from that place. So I would never overcomplicate the prophetic. Of course, you can read prophetic books and listen to prophetic teachings. Absolutely. But if there's a plateau, go back to the source. That will always be my go-to for that question. Go back to the source. Go back to Jesus. Ask him what is he saying to you? I actually brought with me tonight. I thought there'd be a point to share this. I have um, my own little journal that I fill when I go back. I don't know if you can see it. There we go. Back to the source. I put in what God speaks to me as a prophetic word over my own life, what to mm -hmm. declare. So when we posture ourselves back into what God is speaking to us and our connection with him, and we go back into that place, then we are able to step out to build up and stir up others because we're allowing him to build up and stir up us. You can't really go forward without going back to the abiding place. Yeah, come on. That is so good. I tell you, that's not just so good. That'll change your life right there. If you can commit yourself to that, that will change your life. You know, I, I love how, you know, Brian, I heard Brian say this, Orm, dear friend of the house, and, and uh, he said, you know, separation is an illusion. And mm -hmm. it's just so funny because in those moments, where we are not living in the reality of, of abiding with God. It's, that, it's, it's not that actually we moved locations. It's that we became unaware of where we were really seated, right? Mm -hmm. and that illusion of separation, that illusion of disconnection. It, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's like having a conversation, you know, like we are right now, but me just kind of turning my head, you know, and just looking the other way while you're right yeah. here in front of me. And we yeah. do with the Lord sometimes. It's not that we're actually so far away. It's just that we're no. paying attention to the yes. source, making that connection point. And, and abiding is, is obviously it is a location to stay in the love of God, but it really is about a desire to want to remain as connected as we can so mm -hmm. that we can live as alive unto God as we, as we were designed to do. And so, man, if you're listening right now, that's some wisdom right there from Liz. And abide, go back to the source, turn your head around, look yeah. back through the eyes of love, make that reconnection, you know, and uh, and allow yourself to be reminded um, about who you really are in Christ. That first love, I've been sensing some of that, Liz, you know, this idea of first love and rekindling some of those things and becoming aware and, and uh, you know, assuming the position, right? You know, it's mm -hmm. like, all these things that have changed our life, that posture. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear you. That posture of just saying, God, I'm here, I'm present, yes. and whatever you want to do, I'm open, I'm yes. available, I'm open, I'm available, I'm soft-hearted, I'm in surrender right now, I'm focusing on you, I see you face-to-face, -face, and whatever you want to do, let's do it. That's good. And even right now, you know, it's just amazing because it's that simple. Because yes. this posture is powerful. Mm -hmm. God, I'm open. And God, I, I want to, I, I want you to lead right now. I want to interact with you. I want to love on you. I want to adore you. I want to receive from you. That interaction, when you're open to that, significant things can begin to happen. Yes. And, and I tell you what, you know, I've as I sit down with you know a lot of high achievers and high performers and Brilliant people, even like yourself, Liz, 
you know, it's like we can get so caught in the functional aspect of our purpose. Oh, yes. You know, and it's like we need that adjustment sometimes to un make sure that our function is flowing out of our being. Yes. And, uh, and, and so this is that this is that recalibration, that first love moment, that posture of surrender that is so important. And so anyways, get back to the source abide. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So encouraging. And, and Liz, you're just encouraging. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. Blessing to our church. And and uh, of course, you're engaged to be married and you're heading out to California here real soon. And <laughs> so, so ha happy for you. And uh, no, we really are. You guys are amazing. You guys, man. I, I, I tell you what, Liz, here's what's true. The devil is shaken in his knees. I mean, I mean it, it, he is trembling because there is a union under heaven that's about to be established between you and Daniel, and it is going to shake the earth. I know that it is. I'm fully convinced. And Amen. I receive it. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So we just so love and affirm you and believe in you and uh, so appreciate your investment into our prophetic culture. And yes. uh, it's absolutely amazing. Well, you guys, right now, it's still not too late. We have prophetic teams available to minister to you. So if you'd like to receive ministry, click on the ministry link there in the comments. And Jenna left for our ministry teams, the ministry rooms. And we have a private personal Zoom room. We'd love to have our seasoned leaders and team members and coaches and people who are seasoned the prophetic, discipled by the word of God, encourage you, build you up, stir you up, edify you bring you into what it is that's available here tonight. Our teams are going to be ministering for the next 15 minutes, and then we're going to be wrapping it up here for the night. And uh, and so we would just love for you to jump in, receive that encouragement, and uh, those teams are available right now. I'm just going to pray for you as we wrap up this broadcast, and, and uh, because I believe it's time for us to build a prophetic culture. I don't care if you're a school teacher in a classroom, principal of school, you're a mom at home with you know with the kids, you're a dad at home with the kids. I don't care if you're out in corporate executive space, you're an entrepreneur. Um, I don't care if you're a police officer, an elected official. God wants to break in. Heaven wants to show itself in and through your life like you've never seen before. So Father, we just declare courage and permission right now in Jesus' mighty name that Lord, we would see heaven break through in our lives and through our lives, through the ministry of edification, exhortation, and comfort, that people would be built up, stirred up, and cheered up in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for this, and we bless everyone that's been on this broadcast in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, share this broadcast out with someone that needs it. If you need ministry right now, our teams are available. They'd love to minister to you. Just type in that you would like to receive ministry here right now into the comments. Jenna will get to you, get you that link. There's a link already there. Just click on it actually, and you can grab in, jump in, be a part of that. And uh, we're just honored to minister to you here tonight. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning into Kingdom Encounter tonight. Something good is about to happen. We'll talk to you soon.